My name is Dr. Tram Jones, and since 2019, my wife and I have been living in Haiti. This is the story of our life there and the patients we've seen. One day in May, I woke up and turned the shower on, and nothing came out. This was no problem. It usually meant that the giant cistern on our roof was empty. In order to have running water in our home, we have a well in our yard, and periodically we have to pump water up to the two giant containers on our roof. These then connect to the water system of our house and provide water pressure for our faucets and showers. Now, I say water pressure very lightly because, as anyone who has visited our house can attest, it's really more of a dribble. Anyways, there was no water, so we went outside to try to pump water back into the cistern. Unfortunately, nothing came up, and that could only mean one thing. Our well was dry. We discussed this with our landlord, and she realized we needed help. She dispatched a company to drill a new well. The next day, I came home, expecting to see a drilling rig in our front yard. Instead, I came to the front gate to find two men. One was 10 feet down a hole with a metal plate, carving out a perfectly round shaft. The other had a bucket tied to a rope and was lifting the dirt out. Over the next two days, they worked eight hours a day until we had a 30-foot well with a constant supply of water. This reminded me that having a house in Haiti is simply different. Living in a house in the tropic has its benefits, but it also has its downsides, and in other ways, it's just simply not American. On the positive side, the temperature is between 90 and 100 degrees every day year-round. That means that we have a panoply of plants and flowers in our yard. As you walk into our gate, you can look up to see two different varieties of mango trees that are currently bearing more than a 1,000 mangoes. As you pull into the driveway, there's bougainvillea, there's lemongrass, lime trees, and other flowers that we don't have back in the United States. In our front yard, we have a cherry tree that we can always use to make juice. If you come around back, there's an avocado tree that produces so many avocados in the rainy season that you can't eat them all. There's a coconut tree that has coconuts all year. And we have tropical birds that stop in our trees and hummingbirds that feast on the flowers in our yard. And yet, with the tropics and all those beautiful plants, comes the ever-present battle with termites. Despite our home being made of concrete, when we first moved into our home, we found a small highway system of little dirt tracks that conveniently led all throughout the house. We busted one open and outspurted a gaggle of little termites. Since that day, we've had to lead a constant battle against the insurgent insects that threaten all of our furniture. Outside of the constant heat, there are other ways in which a Haitian home contrasts with an American home. Many of these differences are not unique to Haiti. If you live in parts of Latin America or Africa, a number of these traits are going to be true. To start with, our house is surrounded by a large concrete wall, just like every home in the Port-au-Prince metro area. One of the first orders of business when we moved in was to raise the wall even higher and to add barbed wire. As you drive through the streets of Port-au-Prince, you really can't see anybody's home. Even the poorest homes, even the homes that aren't even finished, have a large wall surrounding them. This leads to a sense of mysteriousness in Haiti. No one has any idea how other people live. There could be a park with a swimming pool behind that wall, or it might be a field of sugarcane. You never know. But with the issues of violence, one feels naked without the protection of a barrier. The first time I came back to the U.S., I remember having a subconscious reaction at how bizarre it was that anyone could walk into your yard and look into your home. Built into every home are security measures. At the end of the night, as we're closing up, we close not just our regular doors, but also iron doors, and every window has iron bars over them. Once you're closed up, you feel like you're in an impenetrable fortress. 
Now in Haiti, essentially all homes are built out of concrete. As an aside, this is a major reason that the Haitian earthquake took so many lives. Buildings, particularly ones that had more than one story, were built out of poorly mixed concrete, and they didn't have enough rebar to keep them sturdy. And so once the shaking started, they pancaked down one on top of the other. And in spite of this, Haiti still has no uniform building code. Now, the reason that homes are built out of concrete is necessity. As you go through the countryside of Haiti, you see that there are no trees due to widespread deforestation. Thus, any wood that you might use in your home is imported. In our house, there are wooden cabinets, which is a sign of wealth. We will often hear people talk about the rich bourgeois places in Haiti. And when people talk about it, they often whisper, they have homes that are made of wood. Fortunately, our house is only one story and survived the earthquake. It had enough rebar in the concrete to withstand it. Now, having a concrete home has its downsides, but it also has its benefits. For example, you can sit on the roof. With tall walls surrounding the compound, you need to be high up to get any wind. We strung twinkle lights in the avocado tree that sits over our roof, and we like to sit up there and enjoy the warm breeze, even during months like February when the U.S. is dealing with freezing temperatures. It's not just the actual structure of Haitian homes that's different from the United States, but the very process of building homes is very different. Here, there are essentially no mortgages, except for the extremely wealthy. Even then, banks charge exorbitant interest rates to cover the high risk of default. This means that homes are built over the course of lifetimes. Our closest friends took 27 years to build their beautiful home. At the same time, not all Haitians have access to bank accounts, and a home can be a place to store wealth, buying a few extra concrete blocks when there is some extra money. Over the course of a year, they may use these blocks to build the wall for a bedroom. This explains the ubiquitous sight of rebar sticking up out of one-story homes. To me, the rebar has always represented hope for the future, that in the time to come, there will be enough money to put a second story. The slow building of homes does sometimes lead to a make-do attitude towards things such as electrical wiring. When we moved into our home, only one outlet worked. As we worked with an electrician, the plan, or lack thereof, for electrical wiring in our house became more apparent. Our air conditioner in our room had two wires that had been wrapped around the plug to provide electricity. We didn't even bother to change it because it was working. Of our outdoor lights, one is bizarrely controlled by the switch in our front bedroom. Two cannot be turned off without turning the power off to the entire back of the house, and one is always on and we've never been able to find the switch for it. Another major difference is that Haitian homes are open to the weather. When we went to training for cross-cultural work, a facilitator was talking about the different aspects of a culture and a country. He talked about how some cultures were climate-controlled. Others were at the mercy of the climate. In the United States, often my entire day was climate-controlled, except for my walk to and from my car. That's not the case here. While we have air conditioning in our room at night, all other parts of the house are open to the wind and air. The weather is our thermostat. As I think about our utilities, I sit back and marvel at the organization of the United States. For example, we have a gas stove here in Haiti. To have gas, a company brings out a massive propane tank that's then jerry-rigged through a hole in the wall to our stove. For the first year in Haiti, we refused to use the oven because the gas would build up and create a fireball any time we tried to light it. Most Haitians simply have a propane tank in their kitchen with a tube to the stove. To compound matters when it comes to fire prevention, despite months of searching, I have not found a single fire alarm in any store here in Haiti. The closest I got was a fireball that a store employee told me that I could throw at a fire that would, quote, extinguish it. When you think about it, really think about it. 
it's extraordinary that there's a system of pipes all throughout the United States that safely brings natural gas into homes at the turn of a knob. Having a house in the tropics is not like having a house in the United States. It's almost not useful to even compare the two. The home, like the culture in Haiti, is simply different. If you design a home in Haiti like you would in America, you're going to run into trouble. Haitians have designed creative solutions to get around the lack of city water, natural gas, wood, regular electricity, and mortgages. And you have to accept that your life will just not look the same as it did when you were in the United States. And once you do, you can sit back and enjoy eating some fresh avocados while the breeze gently blows through the house. Thank you for listening. We would like you to know that we are simply telling stories as we have seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a fascinating history. And there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets, and we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode, some names have been changed to protect confidentiality. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you and God bless.